0: hello and welcome to witchy wellness radio i'm your host lauren Cholantani, women's holistic health coach and fellow recovering perfectionist this podcast was created to show you that your body is not in the way it is actually leading your way i am very particular about the type of cbd and hemp products that i use there's so much hype and lack of testing and quality in the industry. So, the company that I love and use is Evo Hemp. Not only do they have a beautiful product like hemp seeds, CBD oil, gummies, even hemp chocolate, protein bars, protein powder, they also support a 40 acre co op farm in Minnesota, which is farmer owned, focusing on bringing quality and innovation back to Black, Indigenous, and other socially disadvantaged farmers. So if you are looking into trying any type of CBD or hemp products, head over to evohemp.com. The link is in the show notes. And make sure you use code Witchy W-I-C-T-H-Y, for 20% off of your purchase. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Witchy Wellness Radio. This is a show you learn how your body and emotions are not in the way, they're actually leading the way. And today we're talking with Robin McKay. She is award-winning psychologist, multi-six-figure entrepreneur, and executive coach to top leaders in the Fortune 500 companies and entertainment. Dr. McKay is also a leading expert in the field of spiritual intelligence. She builds bridges between reason and intuition science and spirit, and her clients' heads and their hearts. and her outside life, out of the office, Robin loves hiking on the desert trails near her home in Scottsdale, Arizona, and climbing the Red Rocks of Sedona. Talk about spiritual places to live. Yes, yes. (laughs) Welcome, Robin, to the show. Thank you. So happy to be here. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm so excited to have you on here. We, I think, what you're about is very witchy, and I've found over the years that so many of us listening to Witchy Wellness Radio or into this kind of spiritual or you know holistic health field have our own type of heroin's journey, and we want to give back too and help other people. But it really, like you said, connect your heart with your head. So I think this what you have to offer is going to be really, really beneficial to everybody listening today, and. We would love to hear how did you get into, you know, going from psychology background to now doing the work that you do today? What was your own heroine's journey that led you to doing this?
1: Such a great question. When you talked about witchy wellness, the first thing that came to my mind was when I was in elementary school, I was probably in middle school at this point, I used to sneak into the library well, I wouldn't sneak into the library. What I would do is after I got in the library, I would go find all the b- books on witches and witchcraft, and I would sneak read because I I was raised Catholic. And so, you know, there was a whole thing between the Catholics and just esoteric and, and mysticism. So I've always been somebody who is a clear channel. I've always been intuitive and... But I was also a science girl and I was somebody who, I'm Gen X, so I was raised at a time when all smart girls got mapped into science, technology, engineering, and math. And I didn't really find my home there. Where I did find my home is in psychology. I got my PhD in counseling psychology and that's where I really started studying creativity, spiritual intelligence, just plain intelligence, just processing speed as well. And one of my One of my professors said one time to me, as I was describing all of this research I was doing, she said, well, research is me-search. And she was right. So I ended up getting a PhD in counseling psychology, but everything that I studied was really to deepen my understanding of who I am and what I'm here to do. And then to go on to help people who are like me, who are spiritually intelligent, intuitive, who have been connected with divine source from the time we were incarnated here even if it doesn't make sense in the cultural and societal norms that have been set up for us to kind of swim around in at this point. So that's kind of the beginning of my heroine's journey for sure.
0: And that's so many of our own stories, you know, the me search, I had to laugh, like, that is so so good.
1: (laughs) I just want to understand myself. And that's why we're so we want to take quizzes and we want to take assessments and we like, we have this deep hunger of wanting to understand who we are. In fact, I would say that there's a desire to understand who, who you are or who I am, but at the core, we already know we just want some evidence from our, for our intellect that this is actually who we are. I know this is who I am, but when I see the data sitting in front of me that shows that, Oh no, this proves who I am there's something very satisfying in that unfortunately i think we can get that tangled up with having to prove ourselves over and over and over again to people who really don't understand or have an interest in really deeply understanding who we are as light workers as as spiritual warriors and so on at this time in the world
0: i know you work with a lot of the spiritual entrepreneurs or light workers mm-hmm. which i know so many of us identify with um and star seeds are another group who
1: are coming forward as well especially for the millennial the millennials and gen z so there's all of these beings here on this planet right now who are really looking at the 3d matrix that we've been living in and not really relating to it but trying to figure out who we are um in the context of this world we're living in and that's always a struggle
0: yeah For sure. For sure. And I know, just kind of for me, learning about what all those words meant, like Mm -hmm. a decade ago, I'm a millennial in my early 20s. I was like, there's got to be more than life than this, right? Like I was in corporate America. I spent my whole life preparing to go to the school, get the job. Mm -hmm. And then I was there. And it was just like this existential crisis, which I didn't realize that's what it was at the time. And so many of us are going through that right now. I
1: love that you're bringing up existential crisis. That's my favorite thing to talk about. My body's covered in chills right now, because I know nobody wants to talk about existential crisis, but that's one of my (laughs) (laughs) favorite things. So yeah, let's go. But to your point, and I'm glad you brought up the corporate piece because I started in corporate as well. That's part of my story. And that's one of the reasons that I work with spiritual entrepreneurs, because so many of us are being called back into the corporate space. In fact, I have a training program that I do. And the tagline is, if you think you're too woo for corporate, let me change your mind. So isn't that great? Like that just, because I remember so early in my career, I worked in a biosafety level three lab. I was hands-on in the lab. I was working with really dangerous microorganisms, quite frankly, and burned out as a result of, in part of that. And also that I was driving 45 minutes one way to work in heavy traffic every day. And I just remember probably the same thing that happened or something similar happened with you is just feeling like, is this all there is? Because if this is it, this sucks. And at the time I was 28, I had found a picture of my high school graduation day. And you remember that that day that you graduate from high school and like the whole world feels like it's ahead of you. And I looked at that picture of myself and my eyes were bright and I could see the whole universe in my eyes that day. Flash forward 10 years, I'm now burned out in existential crisis and I don't realize it. And I look at that picture of myself and I say, where are you? Because you're not here and this life I'm living is not the life that you'd envision. so what's the deal? And that really began my own journey, that inward journey, that heroine's journey into figuring out who I am and what I'm meant to be doing in this world. And subsequently, obviously, doing all the work to help other people make that own journey into themselves.
0: Yeah, and that our own heroine's journey yeah. Is it is, is it's what's guiding us to that higher self. That that is our higher being calling us to do our light work. You know, you know, Joseph Campbell
1: is famous for, of course, yeah. the hero's journey. And there's a story of I who the, the author is on this one. Carol, you might know. She she actually wrote a book on the heroine's journey. She was one of Joseph Campbell's students. And she went to him in class one day and she said, Well, you're talking about men, yeah. the hero's journey. She said, What about women? What about our journey? You know what he said to her? This is what is supposedly, I don't know, we weren't there, but this is the this is the mythology. He said to her, Women don't have heroes' journeys. And she was like, What?
0: Excuse me. <laughs> well, that's
1: not me. true. So she went on to write a, an entire um kind of thesis around what the heroine's journey actually is. And then one of my um Adjacent, I'll call her an adjacent mentor in counseling psychology, actually wrote a book around the heroine's journey. And what she said, which I think is really interesting, is her name's Kate Noble. She wrote, she said that uh, women's journey is an inward journey. The journey inside to find ourselves, we encounter dragons along the way. So we have to do all of our healing work. We encounter allies and mentors. And in the end, we come home to ourselves. And then we can go have the external journeys and go, you know, swim with the dolphins and slay dragons or whatever we want to do. But there's so much of, I, I identify, I think, with both the hero's journey and the heroine's journey. Probably you do too, because so many of us are more, um, um, balanced in terms of masculine and feminine. And yet I think that there's so much value in looking at specifically the heroine's journey as you're going through that existential questioning about who I am and what I'm supposed to be doing here.
0: Hundred, hundred hundred, hundred percent, because, you know, we talk a lot about the witch wounds here, you know, as a mm-hmm. woman. And I think that the way you just beautifully explained the heroine's journey, that's really enabling us to take a look at those and not from a place of victimhood at all, but from this empowering perspective, so that we can go inward and really heal both the masculine and the feminine. And I that the, the witch obviously this is witchy wellness, but the past yes. few podcasts we've had has come up just naturally. And I know in my own personal life, you know, doing having multiple heroine journeys and continuing, you know, it's an mm-hmm. ever going process that has really coming up right now for me and i think just a collective psyche as a whole is really how do we how do we balance this and heal this because there's so much fear there's so much rage and resentment and anger right that we need to really to work through um think think about it when you're in corporate Like
1: you were, or like I was, or like many of your listeners probably were, or continue to be as well. And you're on this spiritual journey. And there's not a congruence between like how you're presenting yourself outside. And that's self-protective, to be honest. I I worked in tech, in biotech for a long time. So can you imagine little Robin before she had her PhD as this little cute little, you know. Girl in corporate science, girl writing clinical study reports and package inserts and protocols and things like that. And outside, I'm doing meditation. I'm learning yoga. I'm doing soul retrievals with shamans. I'm doing shamanic trainings on the weekends, like all of this stuff. And I, then I would go back to work on Monday morning and be like, oh, this is really incongruent. And at the same time, maybe you had this too. I was really like, oh, if my colleagues knew what I was doing out there. Oh, they would just think I was over the top woo. Like they would totally reject me. And that really gets at, I think, when you talk about the witch wound, that is that the woundedness, whether you identify as a witch or just being a woman and being a spiritual woman and being an intuitive person, those are the wounds that are being called up to be healed right now because we have so much work to do. Work, I, We work on ourselves, but I mean like yeah. work on the planet to... Yes. <laughs> to recalibrate to these higher frequencies that are coming in, and to you know make the transition and the ascension to the the new Earth energies that are here, so and to really extract ourselves from the three D matrix that's um, continuing to create some enslavements and servitude for most of us.
0: So let's talk about that. what you just yeah, said, you know it. moving into it. the new Earth because I totally resonate with that, and I how, how does working with corporate America, how can we tie those two together? And I mean, that's how, what you help people do. Yeah. How can such a great
1: question. I've got clients who are working in tech at some of the biggest tech companies in the world. Like if I name them, you would, you would know them. And in fact, I just got an email from somebody right now that just popped across my screen that's scheduling to for she's she's an old client she's coming back in she's like I need some more support. So these are engineers, these are scientists, these are positions, these are highly educated people who are struggling with how things are right now. Think about in corporate right now there's so many layoffs going on especially in the tech sector. And that's the conversation I've been having lately about how are we coping with this, whether you get laid off or you're one of the, I'm using air quotes here, survivors of a layoff or a reduction in force, it has a a ripple effect on our souls that largely goes unacknowledged in the corporate space. But when people like you and I, who have been in the corporate space, we've been boots on the ground. we know what it's like. You can remember probably in your space, somebody getting laid off or something, you know what I mean? Like There's all of those And those are corporate, but that's actually what I call corporate trauma. But once you clear that, once you're on the other side of it, you can actually go back in and lend a hand, lend your light, lend your presence to the people who are still there who are really hungry for the things that they're seeing in your life, in your light that exist in themselves too. But they're still, I'm going to use the word trapped. And I don't mean that necessarily in a victim perspective, but they're still kind of anchored in to that old matrix. Now, there are some people, who, there are lots of light workers in corporate. They A lot of them are in the closet, to be honest. And they're doing what I used to do. Maybe what you used to do as well is behind the scenes on the weekends, you know, reading my tarot cards on the side to see if I'm going to get a raise or a promotion or something like that. Oh, can I tell you a story that just occurred to me? Of course. That's why you're here. I'm just riffing. <laughs> I'm so, I'm just like channeling whatever's coming through. I pay Beautiful. attention to what my guides, and so here here's the deal. So I was in. I was working in biotech. I had decided to go back to get my PhD, and I had applied. I only applied to one PhD program. I knew that, and I, the way that I figured this out is I was at a shamanic training workshop over a weekend, and I did a shamanic journey on what my next step was. Right. So what came through was um, the the essence of it was that Kansas, the University of Kansas was my place and it was going to be a place within the university that I hadn't originally thought of. Well, sure enough, I found this counseling psychology program. I applied for it. I got all my interviews in. I got my I got all the application in and had done all the interviews and I'm waiting to hear. And, you know, that waiting part is so hard. Did I get in or not? And in my mind, I was like, okay, well, if I don't get in, I guess I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. I mean, my life was okay, but there was in my spirit. I'm like, no, I'm getting in. I'm getting in. My dad had given me a bag of rune stones. Are you any, are you familiar with rune stones? They're like ancient. I think they're Nordic actually in origin. Yeah. Mm -hmm, So he had given me a bag of these rune stones and I'm like, okay, I'm going to draw, I'm going to pull a rune stone and see if I got in. Like that was going to be my confirmation that I got in. So I'm sitting there and I really did. I wasn't like being lackadaisical about it. I was very intentional about this. Like I really want to know. So I pull the stone and I look at the interpretation. It's the stone acceptance. And I was like, holy shit, acceptance. But do you want to know what my intellect did? My spirit was like, yes, I'm in. My intellect is like, well, does that mean you got accepted <laughs> to the program? Or does that mean that you have to accept that you didn't get yep. into the program? Well, so I just wanted to share that because even during those early days, as I was making my transition out of corporate and into the the space of spiritual intelligence, of transformational coaching and so on, I was still using those tools and I was quite adept at them. In fact... I think a lot of the reason that my PhD was was not easy by any means, but it was more smooth for me than it was for other people because I was using energy work and I was doing all of the, the magic really that was... I'm going to say ancient tools and technologies that I had access to, and I was using those in real world conditions. And I think that's the greatest gift that we can give our clients and our friends and our colleagues who are still in corporate is to teach them these tools. They can use those in corporate. You can learn how to read a room if you're sitting in the corporate boardroom or in a meeting on Zoom. You can read and see who's engaged and who's who's not and see who needs to be paying attention more or who has a contribution to make, but they're too afraid or too nervous to share. Like there are all kinds of things that we can do with these spiritual tools and technologies in the corporate space. And part of my work is really to give, really give people the training and then the permission to do so. Cause that's how we actually transform that space is by bringing in our own light and our own abilities to create transformation.
0: I resonate so much of what you just said and I'm thinking what was coming through for you well at first when you're talking about the corporate trauma we talked about that a while ago like being a quote-unquote survivor and feeling this overland masculine trauma of okay well our team just got tighter we don't have more people coming in it's it's all on me it's Mm -hmm. you know it's all on our team and it was just to the point where it was just like more work, less people, more work, less people. And Yes, it will push you because you, and you're agreeable
1: and you're a nice person and you want to do good work. So they'll just keep on piling things on. What
0: space were you in? I was in marketing. So I was in, ended up was in the fashion um, retail industry for a decade. So yeah. it was definitely more, um, creative space. Like we ended up, um, they had Headspace app for people available for free. And like they were, you know, they're definitely promoting more of that corporate wellness yes. atmosphere, which is awesome. So great to see. And obviously the, the, the industry overall, younger, way millennials, mm-hmm. and even, you know, Gen Z coming in. Like, I think just the mindset I could see over the decade that I was there, how the culture completely shifted and it continues to. Just based on the employees. So that was really yeah. great for to me to see as a, a company culture as a whole. Um, but especially in like the tech industry, my dad's in the tech industry and he just said even just women in the tech industry, mm-hmm. how different that is yeah. and how much their company supports. He's in a really big t- um, tech company anything that women want to do. And he's been trying to get, and this of course everybody have on the show, he's been trying to convince me to go into more corporate coaching as well. And I'm like, of course, dad. Well, of course. listen,
1: you need to listen to my first training. It's free. It's what do you need to get started in yeah. in the corporate space as somebody who's a spiritually intelligent leader? I mean, you. the gift that we have is that we can speak both languages. Mm-hmm. And we give permission to other people to speak the language of spirit. But first, we have to speak their, they have to know that we speak their language. One of the things that I hear from my clients over and over again is, Robin, I'm so glad that you have real corporate experience because you get it. They, The know, like, and trust factor is super important, especially in the transformational space. Transformation, as you know, is it's not a pretty painless process. It's like, it's a deep dive into the depths of your soul. And sometimes you see things that you don't like, and sometimes it's so hard. And to what, what people are asking for are people like you and me who can hold the space for them, literally hold the space for them energetically for them to be able to have a soft spot to land in order to do this deeper work. But when the front facing facade is, I have to be strong, I can't be perceived as weak. And even in this changing culture where, yes, there is a whole lot being done for mental health and well being, for neurodiversity, which is another big interest of mine. I have ADHD and went through all of my tech life undiagnosed. Um, you know, all of these ways that they're at least on the surface promoting what we're talking about are actually points of entry for us to be able to come in and pull people deeper into or invite them deeper into the transformational world. Yeah. So, I agree with your dad. I think you need to get back into corporate.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know you were telling that, that story about the runes and I was like, of course, because it's all, you know, Mm-hmm. But listening to my dad, just, every time I have a podcast guest on, it's always what I need to hear. And I've told yeah. people this every single episode. It's like, I don't need to post this out. I love everybody else. being we'll hear it. But, the, you know, it's, it's, it's you. just like, of course, it's for me. Yeah. It's for me. Well, it's an invitation, right, yeah.
1: for all of us to go deeper into the work that we're meant to be doing. Mm-hmm. And I just know that for somebody like you who is you know, has a reputation in your field already, and then being able to go back in and say, hey, I will I would be willing to bet for you, Lauren, that you would have five to 10 people who you could reach out to today and say, hey, I'm doing some burnout recovery training. Are you interested? I bet you would have all kinds of hand ra- hands raised around you. It would yeah. be that, it would be pretty simple because of the connections that you already have.
0: So what if people I'm thinking of my perspective, and also because when we start doing our light work, or getting into what we're passionate about, the the marketing ploy in the entrepreneur world is like, get out, you know, ditch the nine to five, get out of it, Mm -hmm. like run away. What, what, what are some things you have to say to the people who might still kind of have that icky resistance, right, that maybe feel like, am I ready to go back into this, this world, you know,
1: into back into corporate after leaving. Yeah. Yeah. mm -hmm. It's a really great question because we do have some corporate trauma to deal with. And I I was going to say, unless and until you really deal with the corporate trauma, if you've got any nigglies around that, you want to address that before you move back into the space. The last thing that you want is to have to process your own trauma while you're trying to support other people. That's just silly. And you know, it's bad for business too. So we want to take care of that. It doesn't mean that you have to be, nobody is fully self-actualized. Not me, even though on Instagram, yes, I do have, I'm the queen of self-actualization. I can be because I've been doing this for 20 years, moving in the direction of self-actualization, right? So that's a self-proclaimed title. I say that tongue in cheek, but nobody's self-actualized. But we do have to have the support and the people around us who are going to be able to see through whatever is going on with us. For example, in the last week, I was hiking in Sedona and I hit my head on a tree branch and knocked myself silly. And by the way, I'm a really good hiker, guys. Like, like I'm a I'm like a mountain goat. So it's very unusual. I never get hurt when I'm hiking. And I smacked my head. So that was accident number one. Then I was back home in Scottsdale, hiking up on the trail near our house with our dog, Cooper. And I caught a rock with my toe and went flying down the trail like Superman. I have still abrasions on my chin from it. And I landed on my wrist. I'm fine. though. It's really weird. Like my body heals very quickly. So then the third thing I was over, I'm doing an equine assisted leadership retreat coming up in Feb. I was over at the, at the place where I'm doing the retreat. I was in the arena with the horses and somebody spooked and one of the horses stepped on my foot. Right. So you can do all of your translations about what does that mean? Like, I know I'm sharing this for a reason. So I'm not processing that with you. I'm sharing that happened. I've got my own people who I process that with and what's going on behind the scenes for me. Well, I'm doing some quantum leaps in my business. I've got some, some rear view mirror trauma that has kind of popped up again that we're dealing with and we cleared and, you know, and just, so those things happen all the time. So that's why I say like on the journey to self-actualization, I'm not fully self-actualized obviously but I have my resources in place so that I can say, "What do you think is going on here?" and how? Do, what's the best approach to clearing this as fast as possible? And we do that. That's just that just makes good business sense. Then I can go back out into the world and say, "Okay, let's go, chop chop." What's next? Who's next?
0: Does that make sense? It, it makes it makes total sense too. And on the kind of the other side of that stick, I know for me and a lot of women who already already are entrepreneurs or wanting to get, you know, helping other people in, in their own business, when those things do come up, it's this l- little bit of a freak out of mm-hmm. maybe the underlying, you know, self-worth issues. Am I really ready to do this? Can I, mm-hmm. you know, who am I if I can't keep it together hundred yeah. percent of the time, that perfectionist comes up too. That's the imposter syndrome yep.
1: that rears its ugly head in yep. all of us. I did a podcast on that about a year ago. And the title of the podcast is Stop Telling Women We Have Imposter Syndrome. It's based on some research that came out in Harvard Business Review, where the authors really identified that if you feel like an imposter, it's because the systems and structures are set up to make you feel like an imposter. It's not you, it's the the system. And I think that that's a really good way of looking at it. Let's Can we stop making ourselves a project all the time and start looking at like, what are the systems and structures that are creating the conditions for me to feel this way? And yet, I will also say that there's the inner journey of really truly owning who you are and being able to stand in that without asking for permission or waiting for somebody to approve of what you're doing or to give you the gold star of A plus in order to go out and do your work in the world. So if there's hesitancy to go back to your question about, am I ready to go back into corporate? If there's hesitancy, you do need to look at worthiness. You do need to look at deservedness. You need to look at trauma. You need to look at imposter syndrome. And there comes a point where you're healed enough that you can move back into it. And that starts with a decision. I'm going to, I feel called to corporate. And so if I am called to corporate, I'm going to believe myself, I'm going to believe the calling, and and I'm going to find the right people to surround me with. I'm going to get the best advice I can, and I'm going to dive in enthusiastically like I do everything else in my life, because there are people in that space who are calling to me right now, who are asking for that very elixir of life that I have discovered through my own heroine's journey, and I have it, and now I can share it with them through my stories, through my experience, through my wisdom, and help them create transformation in their own life? Is that not a worthy quest? Mic
0: drop. I mean, yes. I...
1: You're welcome.
0: I'm like, yeah, oh, that was really good. Did we yeah. Get that? Did we... <laughs> yeah, we got it's recording. We got it, everybody. We got it on film. Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah. So that's the when we put put the mission or the quest ahead of the Yabats yeah and ahead of the, Oh, I don't know if I'm ready. like, come on guys. Like it is so time to get off the bench and get back in the game for God's sake. Can we please, if not now, when?
0: Exactly. And I love, I love this discussion. It's really calling us up into what we're here to do.
1: It's an invitation into the Ascension yeah. process. And, you know, the Ascension process is a shift in frequency. It's a shift in perspective. Um, we all talk about it. You know, that's sort of a catch. It's become kind of a catchphrase at this point. And nobody really knows what that means. But when I really dial into what my guides are saying about Ascension, it's, you know, shifting frequency and perspective and seeing ourselves as whole and human I was on a, a a mastermind call with one of my mastermind partners, Elise. You should have her on Elise breathes. She's awesome. She does. Yeah. She's you have to have her on.
0: I'll introduce you. Love it.
1: Thank you. (laughs) I was on a mastermind with her earlier today and she was doing, we, we do. So this is peer to peer, right? So, um, we were doing just an exchange of you know, perspectives and, and we both work in the Akashic records. So she was doing some, a meditation, a healing um, session for me. And I kept on seeing all the superheroes from the Marvel comics as part of it. And I, I got off after we finished, I was telling her, I said, I just keep seeing us as, you know, how Thor just is Thor. He's in the human world, but he's Thor. And so like, he doesn't apologize for being Thor. He just is. I'm like, can we just like own that for ourselves? Is that that's our nature? Is to be super? Is it's not to be? It is supernatural. And if we can walk around as the supernatural beings that we are, just by being ourselves without apology, how transformational
0: is that? Once again, my freaking drop moment. Yeah. I mean, that that's what the whole message of this. If that's the only thing anybody got out of this episode, be be the. Be the Thor of your you know. Be, I don't want to say be the Thor of your life, be you, be, be you. you, be you. That version,
1: that version, the highest, most embodied, most clairvoyant, claircognizant, spiritually intelligent, infinite being who you are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And just walk around in that. And then if you decide to step into corporate, you step in in that space, yeah. not in the you know, for me, the little science girl with the white lab coat and safety goggles version of myself. Yeah. But as the goddess that I am, as the goddess that you are, that's transformative.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Beautiful way to, to close the show out, to be honest. Was there anything else you feel called? You know, your guides coming through, or you intuitively that you want to say before we start to close the show out today?
1: Well, I just think that frequency is so important. Managing your frequency by drinking really good water, managing your frequency by using really quality electrolytes, and taking care of your nervous system. These are the things that are going to be very supportive of that supernatural, eternal energy coming through you. Our bodies are our partners. They have their own consciousness and they are requiring some fortification and they are requiring some different, different nutrition, nutrients coming through. So you have to take care of your body in order to be able to really channel these higher frequencies. Otherwise you blow your circuits out and we don't want that either.
0: I think that's it. I think that's the newer perspective on Ascension. Before, I think it was like, let's ascend outside of our bodies. Now, I think we're all really realizing that this is the vessel that is our body is is coming with us, y'all. Like we, you know, be able to take care of it and and so beautifully said. I had that
1: conversation with my body the other day. I'm like, okay, body, I don't want to be out of my body anymore. Like I was on the trail. When I (laughs) tripped and fell, I know I was like daydreaming about some (laughs) other like magical world that maybe exists. I was like, "Body, can you take me there?" My body got so happy, my face just started smiling, and it was like that part of me that's the in the physical was like, "Yeah, thanks for finally asking, sweetheart." Like, yes, of course, let's go. So there is that partnership between our spirits and our bodies that we have a responsibility to cultivate and to ascend. To your point, together.
0: Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Robin, for coming on today. It was such a pleasure. Was there, um, I guess we close the show the same way every week. How may we, the Asie listeners, as an act of gratitude, be of service for you and return today? Thank you so much for
1: asking yeah. me that. I'm always practicing my receiving muscles. So what I would love is if you would connect with me on Instagram and send me a message and just say what you took out of this show. And if it really feels good to you, share it with your networks as well so that we can get this message out.
0: Thank you again so much. And just like Robin said, if you guys haven't already, hit subscribe. We are on all podcast platforms as well as YouTube as well. And if you feel called, please share and write a review. This really helps ripple out the the real algorithm, but also the real energy and the light work into this world. Thank you again, Robin, so much for coming on the show. It was such an honor to have you on. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And remember, open up, surrender, trust, and let your body lead the way.